Y'all know what it is. It's Friday. It's MLW Video Day. Yes. New series came out today. Man, it was hype. Man, was it ever hype. In case in case you are new to this podcast, welcome. First of all, second of all, this is MLW Wiffle Talk, where we discuss and talk about everything MLW. Every Friday, they come up with a new video and a new series. And that's what we talk about. So on this podcast, every Friday, you can expect a video dissecting what they give us. So, today, today we got Battle of the Snakes, as they called it. It was Cobras. It was Diamondbacks. And in case you didn't know, the Cobras swept the Diamondbacks, made them look silly out there. And listen to the last pod. The last maybe five minutes of the pod, and you'll hear... You will hear me, your host, Luke, is talking about this next series and saying that the Cobras are going to sweep the Diamondbacks 3-0, and guess what happened today? They got swept. So I'm just saying, I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, in this podcast today, first of all, of course, we're going to be dissecting this new game, what happened, all that good stuff. Next, we're going to be talking about the rookie, Jimmy Norp, what he brought to the table, along with if the Cobras should have kept their pick or not. Because they could have had that pick, but of course they, they got rid of their pick, gave it to two, whatever. Was that a smart move? Did they need it? Obviously, they probably didn't. If, yeah. And we'll maybe get a segment of hot takes in there, go over my power rankings once again, and we'll see if we have a, a list to go, go over today. So, thank you for listening. Let's get right into it. Alrighty, so right away we already know, as as we know, the Coastal Cobras beat the down, Downtown Diamondbacks today, 3-0 in the series. If you want to know what the scores of each of those games were, it was 7-1, it was 1-0, and it was 8-5. So, then the first game went into extras, so, so... If we look at the standings here real quick, we see that the, Go- that the Cobras sit atop the American League at 3-0, with the Predators at 2-1, Wildcats 0-0, and Magic 1-2. Go for the National League, we see the Mallards at 1-2, Gators 0-0, Eagles 1-2, and D-backs 0-3. So, now we're going to look at both teams again, like we do in every podcast, we're going to discuss what I thought about each team. Uh... And their individual player, and then along with their rookies. So that is the plan. Uh, let's let's get right into it, man. So if we look at the Cobras, Cobras are a American League team made up of Drew Davis, Sean Flynn, Andy Duran, Brennan Schultz, Adam Zerleg, and Kalen Roth. Now they only brought four to the field today: Drew Davis, Sean Flynn, Andy Duran, and Brennan Schultz. Each and every one of them played each and every game. And we're going to start at the top of the food train, chain, Drew Davis. Drew Davis is the most hyped player in MLW, man. This dude is my favorite player, and he is an absolute hype. Silver Slugger last year, for good reason, too. Best hitter in the league by my... In my mind, he's the best hitter in the league and a top three, top five pitcher. <laughs> dude was absolutely clutch. Game one, hitting a go-ahead home run. Um... 
I mean, pitched amazing, got out of tons of jams in game two, uh, holding, go, going a solid no hitter, only dropping six walks. I mean, he had three, only three walks in the first game, holding them to one hit, one run. It was a home run by Mason Jewell. And then game two, of course, no hits, no runs. He only had six walks. And then game three, we had Flynn pitch, so we're getting to Flynn a little bit. Anyway, in the first game, Davis hit two for seven with a dinger. He was hit very well there. Uh, Drew Davis then in game two hit one for two. And then game three, he was 0 for three. But the team still won 8 nothing. And honestly, I mean, he won the... The player of the game for good reason, man. I mean, he he played well. Three for twelve. You're gonna say, wow, that was kind of had an off day there. Well, if you look at his his hits, I mean, it was his hits was a home, go ahead home run, and then his pitching in game two, no hitter. I mean, the kid was lights out on the mound. I'm I'm so impressed. Just I mean, there's not a lot, to, not more I can say. If you if this is the pipe of the pipe it up podcast, which I'm telling you guys, you have to listen to the Pipe It Up podcast. Go to MLW, look up MLW, Pipe It Up, and it'll be the first podcast you see, hosted by Drew Davis, Kyle Schultz gets on there, Ryan Cratch. I mean, they're all, they're all amazing guys, and Drew Davis continually trash talks, saying that he is the best, the best player, like, best team, best player. I mean, he thinks very highly of himself, and going into this, I was thinking, okay, Drew, we get it, you can talk. But now, are you going to back it up? And today, Drew Davis backed up his talk, man. Cobras, game one, game one, the first two innings looked very shaky. If I'm, I'm not going to lie at all. They were down one nothing. I was thinking, man, man, are they about to let me down? Because I, I have high expectations. They're in my two spot. They were in my two spot for, for my power rankings. They were firmly in my two spot. And I'm thinking, man. Are they about to let me down? Are they about to drop one, maybe two places? And then they busted it wide open. So, overall, really impressed with that captain spot. If we go down to Sean Flynn, second on the food chain, I want to talk about his pitching right away. Pitching's the main thing for Flynn. Uh, He pitched one game. It was game three. And uh, if we take a look at his stats there, he had seven Ks and 12 walks along with one hit, I mean, he didn't look great, he didn't look great, his 12 walks was a testament to their five runs, they didn't really need to hit, they just got their walks, and that, I mean, Sean Flynn is a, is a good all-around player, but I don't know if he, I don't know if he's going to be a top three, top five even, two pitcher in the league. I mean, don't get me wrong. Got the win. That's that's what important. That's what's important at the end of the day. But twelve walks, man. Twelve walks is that's a lot of walks. And if you look at his seven Ks, if you just watch that third game, you'll see that those twelve Ks are coming off of hitters pitching, swinging at pitches that are way outside the zone. So I guess I can attest, like I can connect that. Those bad strikeouts with bad hitting. That's where I kind of put those. So, overall, he didn't he didn't pitch terrible, but I'm definitely gonna need to see see more from him. 
and especially if the Cobras want to go deep into the season, because I already know, I already know that the team that has the best two-pitcher is probably going to be able to win it all. I Notice I said probably, because the guy we're going to talk about later on the Diamondbacks is looking like the best two-pitcher in the league, but we'll get to that. I think he, Drew Davis definitely needs to work with Flynn a little bit, but I think overall he was, he was enough to get the job done, and that's what mattered at the end of the day. So, so props to him for going in there, sliding in there for game three. I'm excited to see what he can continue to do throughout, throughout the season. And then going to the third player they brought to the field that day was Andy Duran. Now, Andy, man. Andy. Wow. He impressed me. He impressed me a lot. Uh, his day looked like a 2 for 4 with a home run. And it looked like an 0 for 2. And then a 2 for 3. So, I mean, hey. I mean, he played well. He played real well, to be honest. I mean, a lot of singles, lots of hits, a lot of diving around. <clears throat> the defense for the Cobras was kind of one of those things that wasn't really existent, mostly because their pitching was so well. I mean, Flynn, I mean, he had he only had two outs that weren't strikeouts. So, I mean, he just played real well. And I got to hand it to him that he played a solid game of baseball. I mean, in the second game, Drew Davis struck out nine his nine outs Ks. So I don't I don't know what more you need to see from him, but that was very impressive. Andy Duran, he looked like a he looked like a nice guy to compliment Drew. Where I feel like Sean is a little more quiet. He's gonna play defense. He's gonna get hits. I feel like Andy is going to fly around on the base paths, taking extra bases. He's gonna try to hit bombs. He's gonna get hyped with Drew. I mean, I think they're just, they're a really good match for each other, if I'm being honest. And then Brendan. Brendan Schultz, man. Brendan Schultz, dude. This guy. This guy was one for three with a home run in the first game. And after he did anything super impressive, but man, the veterans still got it, man. When he hit that home run, man, I remember I was sitting in my basement. I'm going crazy. I'm clapping. I'm like, dang, dang, bro. My parents were upstairs probably thinking, what the heck is wrong with this kid? But, I mean, he played well. He played really, really well for a guy who, once again, is on the on the older end of, of things. Don't, like, I mean, that's nothing taken away from his game, but he's definitely getting up there in age in terms of wiffle ball, that is. And, but he, he impressed me today. I know he had some inter- internships and stuff, so it was foggy whether or not he'd play a lot this year. But I think with the whole COVID thing, I think he's gonna he's gonna be here to stay, gonna be here to stay for a while. And if, I think Drew Davis can be really happy about that. I want to go back to Sean real quick and talk about his defense because defense was one thing that I mentioned. And the only guy that really impressed me on defense was Sean Flynn, picking up himself. I mean, I know he got one out. He got one out by himself or a ground ball over and flung it to first for the out. I don't know if he got the second as well. But I think his his defense just really impressed me overall. I mean, I thought he was 
Mr. Reliable, which I think we saw last year too. But I just I'm glad that he can continue to do that. And if we look at his hitting real quick, we do see that in game two he had he had O for O with just a ton of walks from Norp. And then in the third game he had one for three. First game anything impressive. So I mean I'm impressed to say the least, but once again, I need to see a little bit more from him on the mound. So, can the Cobras win a World Series? It's probably the question that you want to know, and I think absolutely. I mean, the Preds are the competition that's really that's really going to be their competition this year, and I think they can beat them. I mean, it'll be close, but they can beat them. And let us switch over to the National League, the downtown Diamondbacks. Whew. Well, this team went 0 for 3, and you're probably thinking, wow, they must have had a really, really bad day, didn't they? I I can't say that they did, though. I can't say that they had a really bad day. I mean, score, and it's 7-1. Okay, first game, they, sh- they struggled, but it's their first game's back. Game two, they struggled again with no hits. Okay, but it's their first game back. I mean, they also hold, held them to only one hit, so goes both ways there. Game three. I mean, they put up a fight in the last inning. That's what you want, right? That's what you want. And so, I mean, once again, like most of the other teams in this league, I just need to see just a little more. I mean, one series in, you can't really get a hold for what you're going to see. But So, I'm just looking forward to seeing them play again. And this was a really good team. I mean, I didn't expect a lot from the Diamondbacks today. But I think they gave us our... Like, they gave them a run for their money. So this roster, if you're interested, is, is Gavin Nareski, Mason Jewell, Michael Teal, Josh Lucier, Jimmy Norp, and Ben Wilson. Josh, Lu- Josh Lucier was not at the at the Meadows, or not the Meadows, was not at Colts Field today, but Ben Wilson was. So they brought five. And we'll start at the top of the food chain once again in Gavin Nareski. Now... This guy made the playoffs last year with his first first, uh, first season as a manager, first te- season with this team. And But they were also the second worst team in the league. Don't ask me how they made the playoffs. It's, it's weird. But, but I mean, he looked, he looked okay. Um, he pitched 12 Ks, 12 walks in... In the first game. So he had more strikeouts than Drew Davis. But he had the same amount of walks as strikeouts. So that's something that. That's something that is. That's got to be fixed. Just I'm just going to say that straight up. And if you go to. We go to game three. He pitched. Eight K's nine walks. Once again that walks man. That's something where that just stands out. It just stands out. And it over. And that's just not something you can have. Not, um, and he didn't. He didn't hit well. I mean, just straight up, he did not hit well. He did nothing impressive throughout the three three games. So, as the captain, I'd love to see more from him. I don't know if I'm gonna get any more from him. So, once again, maybe later in the season he'll start playing better. But for now, I mean, you get what you pay for. So, we'll see. Going down, we got Mason Jewell. Uh, Jules one for four in the first game with a home run, the only hit for the Diamondbacks, along with their only run. 
Drew was then 0 for 4 in game 2. And nothing impressive in game 3. So he got on he got a, he got the home run under his belt. I mean, good for him. Not amazed by any means in what he was able to to do today, but I think he played he played well, did what I was expecting him to do. He got on base a little bit. Played some okay defense. I mean, didn't there wasn't much defense to, to play, but but overall, nothing spectacular. Now we look at Michael Te- or Teal. That was his last name. Uh, he was over four in game one. Uh, didn't do anything impressive in game two, and was over one in game three, with just some walks there. Um, once again. I mean, nothing impressive. This is where I think this Diamondbacks team, they don't have that standout player. They don't have that guy where you look at him and you go, jeez, jeez, this guy's good. There's no one like that on this team, and that's what's kind of scary because every other team, I feel like, has that one guy, minus the Gators, has that one guy, or some for some teams, two guys, that you say, wow, this, this dude's good. This dude's impressive. Josh Lucier didn't see him today. Jimmy Norp. Norp was their rookie, drafted second overall, and this was their guy that I think could be our, wow, he's an impressive guy. Norp. Oof, man. At the plate, nothing impressive in game one. Game two, 0 for 1. Otherwise, he walked from Drew a lot. And then game three, Norp was 0 for 3. So batting, hitting-wise... Hitting wise, he didn't. He, I mean, he didn't get a hit. He didn't. He didn't get his first hit. Which, I mean, think of it what you want. Maybe later on we can see him. I mean, he was going up against one of the best pitchers in the league. What do you? I mean, he's a rookie. What do you want? I mean, he's number two overall. You'd like to see more from your second overall pick. But now let's look at his game two pitching stats. One hit. 4Ks, 6 walks. Now, the thing... Who? The Ks... I'd like to see the Ks a little higher and the walks a little lower. And he was throwing absolute gas. Let me just tell you, dude. If you watched that game, you went... The first pitch he threw that slider, you went... Because it broke the zone. So I think they're going to have to look into slowing him down a little bit. There is a rule in the rule book that you can only throw medium-fast pitches. So... I mean, could that mess him up if he's not able to throw as fast as he might want to or can? Yeah, that might. But for now, I think that was that was a fine showing. And he's definitely a really good two-pitcher. He's definitely a guy where you're not afraid to put him on the mound. I mean, he only gave up one run and one hit, but still versus the walks. But, I mean, the kid looked good. Minus the walks being a little higher than the strikeouts, he looked really good, only giving up one hit, one run. His defense picked him up. I mean, what? I don't, I don't know what more you need to see. I mean, well, actually, I do know what you need to see more. You just need to see more of it. More hitting, more pitching, all of it. I'd love to see him start two games next time around, because in game three, Noretsky didn't really have it. They put in Jewel then, and he couldn't get it done, so then they put in they put in Norp, and of course he shut it down. So for a two for a two guy, his pitching is on point, and definitely someone who I think 
I think you're happy with that at the two pick. But I think Mitch Montagna, who was or Jason Chadwick, excuse me, who was the pick who was the fourth pick is definitely still my top rookie right now. Um so yeah, just time. Just time for this guy. If we go to the Diamondbacks for the last player, Ben Wilson was the last guy who they brought to the field today. And Ben, if we look at, if we look at his stat line here, Wilson was 0 for 3 in Game 1, 0 for 3 in Game 2, and 1 for 2 in Game 3 with a home run. So, he's a guy that wasn't even projected to be, like, wasn't even projected to be on the active roster come Game 1, and now here he is getting home runs. And making helping them put up a fight in game three. So I mean he's not gonna play a lot, I don't think. But I mean once again he's just not a standout player. He's just not a standout player. So we'll see. We'll see. Another another we'll see podcast. So I don't know. Cobras Diamondbacks. Cobras are set to be a good team. Diamondbacks, we're going to need to see a lot more. And I think they played a really hard competition, which is another thing. The, Di- the Diamondbacks played really hard competition. The Cobras didn't. The Cobras played a bottom three team in the league, while the Diamondbacks played a top three. So, I think right away, you you know there's going to be some, there's going to be a gap in talent. So, so just, I need to see more from both teams. But if the if the Cobras play like that against the Predators, against the Eagles, the Mallards, then they're gonna win a World Series. Trust me. Anyway, that is that for my talk of Game One of or Series One for the Cobras and the Diamondbacks, and that's that. Anyway, let us move on to our next segment. Our next segment, I'm going to talk about my power rankings, update them real quick. So, last week was Predators, Cobras, Eagles, Mallards, Magic, Wildcats. Actually, I think I think I have the Magic in front of the Mallards. And then it was Diamondbacks, Gators. So now starting at the bottom, moving up, we're going to go Gators, Diamondbacks. Wildcats, Magic, actually we're going to go, I think they're going to be exactly the same here, Gators, Diamondbacks, Wildcats, Mallards, Magic, Eagles, Gators, excuse me, not Gators, Cobras, Predators, our ranking saying exactly the same, so, I mean this game was exactly what I expected it to be. You guys know that if you listen to last last week's pod, it's exactly what I thought. 3-0 Diamond uh, Cobras. So, those are my power rankings. No, no change there. Uh, now, for our next segment, we have Hot Take. This week's Hot Take is... This week's Hot Take is that Kyle Schultz is the most underrated player in the league. Yes, that is the hot take. 
Kyle Schultz, underrated player in the league. And I say this because when you look at top, like your top players, you're looking at players like Alec Warda and Ryan Cratch and Drew Davis. Uh, you look at Daniel Schultz, Tommy Coughlin, and I feel like I feel like Kyle Schultz gets lost in the mix because his team was not a contender last year. I think that people that are just coming into this league just maybe a year ago, two years ago, doesn't quite see how talented he is. Because when it comes to pitching, the dude is solid. He is rock solid when it comes to pitching. He's a strikeout. He's not walking people. He's absolutely solid. When it comes to managing, the dude is... The dude's building a... He built a a World Series team after having these dry spells of really bad teams after Tommy left. And when it comes to hitting, once again, he's a top five hitter in the league. Probably even higher. I could probably put him in at top three if I wanted to. He's just a good player. And he's just the thing is that he's just well-rounded. He won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Top five hitter. Top five pitcher. He does it all. He can even manage a team. He does it all while while editing videos for us fans to watch. We're going to see him next week. So maybe then we can get a better a better view of whether or not he is that as underrated as I'm saying he is. But I think the reason that he's underrated is because he gets lost in the hype of players like Drew Davis, who's going to stand out. He's going to wear the big eye black and be loud and he's going to be jumping around being cocky and Daniel Schultz is going to have these crazy movement on his pitches and the Ryan Cratches who are going to hit bombs are going to pitch who are going to be your MVPs and the Alec Wardis who's going to have absolute energy I think he gets lost in that mix because he's more of the silent assassin kind of character just like Tommy Tommy and him were both the guys that were quiet but they killed you Sure, when you win a World Series, they would celebrate. But I mean, like they would. I mean, it was game time. It was focus time. No trash talk. It, I mean, it was just it's you and your team out there. That's what they thought. And I think that Kyle Schultz is the most underrated player in the league. So I think that's gonna wrap up the pod today. That hot take. We're not gonna get into a list episode. I got nothing to list today. It's a shorter podcast. I know, a little shorter, but I think this one was pretty straightforward, because like I said in the beginning, I, sh- I was shown nothing new. I knew that the, that the Cobras were going to sweep the Diamondbacks. I knew that. I wasn't surprised when this happened. I knew that Jimmy Norp was going to be a pretty good player. I knew that coming in, and that's what he showed. He showed that he's a pretty good player. Not great, but he's pretty good. So... I just don't, I just don't know what to say. I guess at this point, of this is a good, this is a good team and a bad team playing each other. The bad team getting whooped, the good team absolutely balling out. I just need to see more from both of them, and I don't really know what to say. I just don't know what to say. So, with that, you have been listening. To the MLW Wiffle Talk podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this. If you're feeling generous, subscribe. 
hit that like button, whatever you can do, just let me know if you like what's happening. Leave a comment, tell me what you like, what you don't like, I can change it. And come back next week, or even earlier for Wildcats Gators. I'm told that the video might come out early next week, so we might have an early episode next week. Along with, I'm hoping to put in a few bonus episodes scattered around in between weeks. Whether it's just me talking about a change in MLW, maybe it's a trade, something like that that happened. Or maybe it's something completely different. So, maybe it's just me talking. Maybe I'm just giving my opinions of MLW as I do every week on this podcast. So, thank you. Can't wait to see you all next week. And peace out.